What's going on, family? It's your man, G.B. Gerard Bonner, and this is your Faction Quick Hits on a Monday, December the 2nd. Yeah, we're in the month of December. Holy cow, the end of the year is almost here, as is the end of the decade. And boy, what an amazing time it has been for us here at The Faction and for us as wrestling fans. Now, last week, of course, was Thanksgiving week. Uh, We didn't have a whole lot of content for you last week because we were actually spending time with our family. So thank you for uh, giving us the freedom and liberty to do that. I hope you did the same with yours. And uh, we are back for more incredible conversation around the world of professional wrestling so a couple of things first of all make sure you're following us on all social media at the faction show we've got all sorts of information about news our podcast etc etc so make sure you are checking that out also if you're not already subscribed and you're just a first time listener or what have you welcome aboard hit that subscribe button however it is that you listen to your podcast and share what we're doing with a friend. Okay, so a lot happened last week and in the last few days. Uh, I can't cover it all, but I do have a couple of things that I want to make sure we touch on, and uh, I want to get your feedback on it as well. First of all, um, following NXT TakeOver War Games, we were certainly looking forward to hearing from and seeing Mauro Ronaldo uh, on Survivor Series and then on NXT this past week, but he was not there. Um, it was initially said on on the Sunday of the Survivor Series that he blew his voice out, but that wasn't the case. Uh, we've later found out that uh, there were some tweets that came from one Corey Graves directed toward Mauro Ronaldo that Mauro didn't take too well to, uh, according to some people. And so, you know, there are those who are saying, hey, Mauro, you need to toughen up. Um, you need to. And, and there are even uh, websites that are kind of mischaracterizing um, some of what people have said, like Booker T, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to give my two cents on it. First of all, um, we have to understand and acknowledge that Mauro Ronaldo is very open about dealing with bipolar disorder. There was a wonderful documentary on Showtime about it. Uh, I believe last year is when it aired or earlier this year. And um, it really showed what he deals with and what he has dealt with and how things can be triggered, etc., etc. And perhaps the thing that keeps him the most grounded besides taking his medicine is his work. Whether he's working with Showtime, MMA, NXT, he loves combat sports. And so when you go after that, uh, it says something. There's a reason that Mauro Ronaldo has not been involved in angles where perhaps other uh color commentators or personalities have been it's not his thing it doesn't work well for him and I think it's important that when you work with people who you know have issues that they're dealing with that you handle that accordingly and that we don't choose to be insensitive now there are those who would say well first there was scenario there was a scenario with JBL and now you have this but here's the thing that lies in common when you are, first of all, he acknowledged, he being Moro, acknowledged that the issue surrounding him leaving SmackDown had nothing to do with JBL and had everything to do with how the travel schedule for SmackDown, traveling to a different city on a weekly basis, really was impacting him 
and uh, messing with his uh, mental health. So it had nothing to do, do with JBL. We'll have to ultimately wait until he returns to see if this latest episode has had to deal with Corey Graves, though we do understand he has been in talks with WWE. So we hope to see a swift return from Mauro Ronaldo, but I do hope that we as a population will be less quick to make judgments about people who are dealing with all sorts of mental health issues that we are not educated on because it's not just a get over it uh, because words do matter even for those who aren't dealing with mental health challenges with that said um WWE and AEW have been working hard at monetizing things from a merchandising perspective and uh, it's interesting to see how it's worked on both sides. On the AEW side Chris Jericho this past Wednesday announced the launch of A Little Bit of the Bubbly and that little bit of the bubbly uh, of course initially came from his promo that he did after winning the AEW championship well it has now moved into wine yeah actual alcoholic beverage called a little bit of the bubbly which you can find at the website a little bit of the bubbly.com uh, apparently there were 10,000 orders that went in that crashed the website um, so this is something that is rather successful who knew that a catchphrase could turn into something like this but shout out to Chris Jericho and AEW for finding a way to monetize that now on Friday night, SmackDown, uh, the Universal Champion Bray Wyatt introduced us to a new toy, which is a custom-made version of the Universal Championship in the image and likeness of The Fiend. Interesting look, first of all. But on top of that, it then immediately went to sale on WWEShop.com just in time for the holiday season. And it will only cost you $6,499.99. That is not a typo. That is not your imagination. These are made-to-order, handcrafted championship belts in the image and likeness of Bray Wyatt. Now, let's just call a spade a spade. Capitalism being what it is, merchandising being what it is, the average wrestling fan is not shelling out $6,500 for this unique championship belt. The question is, will they find enough super fans to do it? So, for the average fan who doesn't have $6,500 in disposable income for a championship belt, this wasn't necessarily made for you. For the ones who do, I don't know if this is the best use of it. Personally, when I think of iconic championship belts and I think of personalized championship belts, you know, we can go back to, of course, the smoking skull belt uh, for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, I'm reminded of the spinner belt for John Cena. I actually have that one. Um, there are a couple of others that have been personalized, and uh, it's a rare moment to find a personalized belt that really works and stands the test of time. Personalized belts, personally, I think, uh, have their bit of challenge to them. It's hard to hold a mystique to it because you're not going to exchange that belt. I like more classic belts, um, like, of course, the big the big gold belt that uh, Ric Flair held in WCW or the NWA, which uh, became the World Heavyweight Championship and right now isn't even in rotation in WWE. Um, the 
current shape uh, and presentation of the WWE or Universal Championships um, are pretty nice. They're pretty iconic. They have a nice, clean look to them. Um, you can look at some other major championship belts from over the years. I think of the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Um, then you get into the NWA Television Championship or even the NWA 10 Pounds of Gold. Um, there are some iconic belts out there. I do not think that this Bray Wyatt belt falls in that category but if you've got $6,500 that you really want to get rid of that's just burning a hole in your pocket you can send it to us here at the faction I promise you we will make very good use of it and before we go Speaking of the NWA, speaking of classics, last night the WWE presented Starcade to end the Thanksgiving week. It aired for the first time on the WWE Network live from Atlanta. Well, it's actually in Duluth, Georgia, outside of Atlanta from the Infinite uh, Energy Arena. And um, let's talk a little bit about this. Being here locally in Atlanta, there are some things that I know about that show that most of you may not. Um, particularly, yes, it was aired live, um, but it was aired for an hour and then it cut off to uh, Trish Stratus because they did not have intention of airing the rest of the card. There were other matches on that card, including Roman Reigns against uh, King Corbin, including a main event of epic proportions, The Fiend defending the Universal Championship against Braun Strowman inside of a steel cage. I think that would make great TV, but it didn't make the pay-per-view. I have major issues when it comes to the WWE and their treatment of Starcade. When they first brought it back in 2017, I was kind of for it because I was like, yeah, this is a great ode to it. But the problem was it was a house show. And we all know nothing of major consequence happens at a house show. You don't see titles change. You don't see storylines furthered. It's just kind of a moment of entertainment for the people in that given city. So we felt left out. Moved to 2018 when they move it from Greensboro to uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Definitely not a city known for Starcade or the NWA. But they hosted it. It was another glorified house show that ultimately ended up on the WWE Network in an hour pre-tape form. So I thought that they would do better. But here's the reality of it. When WWE wants to give you a big event, they know what to do. I mean, look at Crown Jewel. Look at what they do for WrestleMania or their pay-per-views, etc., etc., etc. They did not do that for Starcade. Starcade remains a glorified house show and the only thing that makes it glorified is that it ends up on the WWE network. I would rather them release the name of Starcade to the NWA, to Cody Rhodes and AEW, to somebody who will actually do something with it because for a great man like Dusty Rhodes who gave us the Great American Bash, who gave us War Games, who gave us Starcade and so many other great incarnations he's responsible for where we are with nxt even though people give triple h the credit for it triple h picked up the ball that dusty handed to him the reality of it is the mistreatment of starcade i think is a slap in the face of the legacy and memory of dusty Rhodes. it's a slap in the face of the memory and legacy of the nwa slash wcw it is just poor 
treatment of an event that was WrestleMania before WrestleMania was WrestleMania. I just think it's horrible treatment. And if WWE, you're not going to do something of significance with Starcade, if it's not going to be an actual pay-per-view, if it's not going to have actual things that will happen that make us care about it, then release it to somebody who will do something with it. Because right now, you're slapping the face of history, and it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Honestly, we weren't craving Starcade in the first place. So if you're not going to do it big and do it right, I mean, this is the same Starcade that brought us uh, Ric Flair's title win over Harley Race, countless battles between Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, the night of the Skywalkers. Who can forget Starcade 87 when Ron Garvin wins the NWA championship from Ric Flair? I mean, we've seen Flair and Steamboat, Flair and Sting, Sting and Hogan. We've seen epic battles at Starcade. So for it to be reduced to a glorified house show because WWE doesn't want to properly acknowledge Starcade or Dusty Rhodes, just let it go. You'll do much better for the fans and for the legacy of this event. So that's your quick hits. I got a lot in there. I wanted to get a lot in there. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed what we had for you today. I hope some of it resonated with you. Let me know what you think of this Starcade situation and everything else I mentioned by way of social media at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Definitely want to hear from you. And would you buy the $6,500 Bray Wyatt Universal Championship belt, which when you look at it, doesn't even have a WWE logo on it. Go figure. Anyway, until next time, it's your man GB representing Courtney and Clack, and this is The Faction.